1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, October the 18th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on October 18, 1962, James Watson, Francis Crick, and Maurice Wilkins were honored with the Nobel uh, Prize of Medicine and Physiology for determining the double helix molecular structure of DNA. Today in 1648, the Shoemakers of Boston that was what they called themselves. They made shoes, of course. The first labor organization in what would become the United States was authorized by the Massachusetts Bay Colony. They became the first union of sort, the Shoemakers of Boston. Today in 1767, the Mason-Dixon line, the boundary between colonial Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Delaware, It was set as astronomers Charles Mason and Jeremiah Dixon completed the survey. There's a whole story behind that. I'm not going to get into that today. It's very interesting, at least to me it is, and and to others. But uh, there was a huge, huge dispute over that. It's kind of funny, but it's very revealing, generally about human nature. But um, anyway, these guys came in and somewhat solved the problem with the Mason-Dixon line. Today, in 1867, the United States took formal possession of Alaska from Russia. Today, in 1892, the first long-distance telephone line between New York and Chicago was officially opened. It could handle one call at a time. Today, in 1898, the American flag was raised in Puerto Rico shortly before Spain formally relinquished control of the island to the U.S., Today, in 1969, the federal government banned artificial sweeteners, known as cyclamates, because of evidence they cause they cancer in laboratory rats. Today, in 1972, Congress passed the Clean Water Act. They overrode President Richard Nixon's veto. And today, in 2001, CBS News announced that an employee in anchorman Dan Rather's office had tested positive for anthrax. You may have heard, if you have not, you will hear throughout the day today, that Colin Powell died this morning, just hours ago. He died of complications from COVID-19. He was fully vaccinated. He was 84 years old. There's a video out there that I want to talk to you a little bit today about, just for a couple of minutes, but it bears mentioning A state trooper, Washington State Patrol trooper, um, he said he's goodbye on Friday, this past Friday, the 16th. In regards to the October 18th deadline that Governor Jay Inslee has given the state of Washington in regard to getting vaccinated. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. The video surfaced on Friday night with the audio and some video as well. This officer, I can't quote everything he said. I, I just won't quote it on the air, but you can imagine, not imagine. But he said, this is the last time you'll hear from me in a patrol car. And Jay Inslee can blank, 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 and we won't mention, we won't say that, but he said it. He said, this is my final uh, sign-off. Yakima, Washington. State Patrol. Trooper. He said, after 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, I'm being asked to leave because I am dirty. Numerous fatalities, injuries. I've worked sick. I've played sick. We've buried lots of friends over these years. I'd like to thank you guys. I'd like to thank the citizens of Yakima County as well as my fellow officers within the valley. Without you guys, I wouldn't have been very successful. You've kept me safe and got me home to my family every night thank you for that. I wish I could say more, but this is it. So state 1034, this is the last time you'll hear from me in a state patrol car and Jay Inslee can blank, the trooper said. After a moment of radio silence, the operator responded, 1034, thank you for your 22 years of service. And then the operator breaks up a little bit, apparently emotional, pauses, and says, You're 22 years of service to the citizens of Washington State. You've taken on many roles in your time with the patrol. You've been a great ro- a role model and mentor for all of the young troopers serving in the area by, by sharing your knowledge and experience throughout the years. The operator then added, Thank you for your service. The trooper then looks into the camera and says, that's it, and shrugs. 22 years are gone. He's done. He will not be on the highway today as he was scheduled to be. Because he doesn't want to take a shot that's mandated by the governor of Washington state. We live in some very unusual times. Paul called them perilous times. I'm not advocating for the shot or not. That's a personal decision that I believe everyone needs to make on their own, prayerfully, and they need to be informed. But I, am, I cannot tell you how strongly I resist the government takeover that we're seeing before our eyes in America today. The last great beacon of hope on this planet. People coming from all over the world illegally entering our country today. Not people that are down and out. People are flying in here from Brazil in private jets, walking across our border with high-end luggage and and so on to become part of America. They know they can come in now with, with no problem. They are, they're flying in in private, some of them private jets, renting cars, driving to the border, crossing our border, turning themselves in, and then being released into America, and they're saying, this is our time. Brazil's not a third world country. Yes, Guatemala and some of those are, but Brazil isn't. They're coming from other countries as well, taking advantage. The very foundations of America are being undermined now by this administration and the cockamamie ideas that the left proposes. And as long as they were talking about it, like Barack Obama and some of these people in a classroom at Harvard or somewhere, it really wasn't hurting anyone except the minds that it was polluting in that university. Now it's touching everyone in one way or another. We live in difficult times. I <laughs> I don't know what a person would do. I don't know what the thought process would be if they do not know the Lord personally. And many do not. And that's why anxiety is reaching epidemic. Suicides have spiked. People are afraid. People are being pressed beyond their limits. By all of this nonsense that's going on. You got Fauci running around on one side and you got Jay Inslee. And, and I mean, and it isn't just Washington State. You've got Oregon and Kate Brown and you got all these. I mean, these people are so disconnected to reality. Or they're just purposely trying to push an agenda, even though they know there will be casualties. I mean, I don't know what's in their mind, but I can certainly see, as you can, the results of this kind of thinking. That's why our founding fathers distanced themselves from this kind of thinking. The king had this kind of thinking, sort of, in England. And they were, they wrote him a long letter, it's called the Declaration of Independence, and they listed all the grievances. You could almost write that letter today and it would be current. It isn't just a Washington state or Oregon or Idaho fares better, much better, but it isn't just here in the Northwest or on the West Coast. Certainly, we are the banner carriers for idiocy in government. No question about that. You take Washington, Oregon, and California, and you want to do a model study of what's wrong in the the culture. The answer is there, I can tell you. You don't have to look at New York and the East Coast and the liberal Northeast, as they used to call it. No, you can just look right here on the West Coast. But I think this is the time that is forcing us, hopefully it is, to look not just at what's going on in the culture, but to look at Almighty God himself and his truth, his word, that stands in the time of storm. The psalmist wrote in, Psalm 61, verse 3, For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. A strong tower suggests that we're up. We can rise above the idiocy that's going on in our culture today. It doesn't matter whether it's Pete Buttigieg and his husband hiding out because they adopted two twins. And while well, our whole supply chain goes to hell in a handbasket... I mean, we talked about those ships last week. I mean, people are talking about it today. They don't know. Nobody knows how to solve the problem. Pete's supposed to be in charge of it. He couldn't even fix the potholes in South Bend, Indiana. But because he's gay, he's on the cabinet of Joe Biden today. That was the choice. He had no experience in transportation. Zero. But there he is. And, oh, by the way, he's... has the entitlement of paternal time off because he and his husband have two babies now. I can't tell you the what that does to me as a person, and I think many of you share that emotion. What are we thinking today in America? What are we thinking? When you abandon reality and you abandon the truth of God's Word and you turn your back and walk away from that, And in some cases, while professing to be a devout Christian, our president, our speaker of the house, that is the height of of ignorance. It is the height of perilous times. And here we are. But the word of the Lord stands as a shelter and as a strong tower. From the enemy. I'm standing on that, I'll tell you. And that gives me great hope, because God is in control of everything that's going on in our world today. Remember that little song they used to sing a long time ago? He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, you and me, sister. He got the whole world in his hands. Well, that's a clever little cute tune, but it's true. He does. And he will. And he has a plan. And God is working out his plan. It's an eternal plan. And you and I who have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are a part of that plan. And we have a very, very hopeful future. Eternity with God Almighty. You can bet your life on that. I'll tell you. I want to talk to you a little bit about Superman today. No, don't. Don't turn off your radio as Superman has abandoned the fight for the American way. As a kid, I remember hearing it on the radio, Superman, you know, fighting for the American way, for truth and justice. and the, Well, he's abandoned all that now. And I'm touching on that because it leads to a more important story and a more important um, narrative, as they say. One week after DC Comics' decision to make the new Superman, they have a new Superman now, but one week after DC Comics announced just about two weeks ago their decision to make the new Superman bisexual, (laughs) his creators have now announced that this man of steel is no longer fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. No, they've changed that. He's now standing for truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. That fits better with the Build Back Better slogan of President Biden. Who cares what the fictional Superman thinks or does? Well, George Borna, he's one of America's foremost Christian survey and polling experts. In fact, he is the leader, in my opinion. He's telling America to beware and be informed regarding the entertainment industry. And this comes not from just an opinion as as a parent, which he is, and a grandparent. But it comes from years of survey and study and data gathering. He says movies, television, music, and other forms of media have a larger impact on on a child's worldview than even public school does. And public school is killing our kids. So I want to give heads up to parents and grandparents and all concerned Christians today. Over 80 years of standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Superman will now be standing for truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. He's abandoning the principles of the American way, America, and he's embracing a global view. He'll be standing for truth, justice, and a better tomorrow because this better aligns with the storyline that we're telling globally, according to the chief creative officer and publisher of DC Comics, Jim Lee. You say, well, it's just a comic book. Well, not really. Superman is woven into a large swath of the culture. And the guy that's in charge, the chief creative officer, publisher of DC Comics, who owns the person of, the character of Superman, Jim Lee is his name. He said, yeah, this fits into the storyline that we're telling now. It's a global storyline, not a national storyline. Lee says, quote, Superman has been a symbol of hope who inspires people from around the world, and it's that optimism and hope that powers him forward with this new mission statement. Superman's new motto will be seen in future comic books, film, TV, and video games, the leader of the company says. Well, this news comes just after DC Comics had announced just two weeks ago that Superman, this Jonathan Kent is his name now. Remember Clark Kent? He was the reporter for the Globe or whatever it was called. He um, he and uh, had a girlfriend, Lois Lane. Well, they had a child, according to the storyline. They had a child and they named him Jonathan Kent. And Jonathan is bisexual. So that was announced two weeks ago. Now they are embracing this new kind of I don't know what I am as far sexually idea while they are rejecting any kind of nationalism or pride of the country that allowed superman to be born in the first place our entertainment industry all this while parents held a protest in washington dc on sunday yesterday in front of the u.s justice department They're reacting to the attorney general, Merrick Garland. I talked about this two different days last week, directing the FBI to look into issues where parents are supposedly causing school board members and administrators to feel threatened, not to be threatened, but just to feel threatened. That's how hypersensitive our culture is today. If you feel something, it's true. That again is the far left ideology that is killing this country and our culture. What triggered these Virginia parents was when news broke on Wednesday, and I mentioned this on this program, but if you weren't listening or didn't catch that, I need to touch on it again so you'll know. This male student, he wore a skirt claiming to be transgender. Father of a 13-year-old girl was, was raped repeatedly by this guy in the girl's bathroom at this school. He was among the hundreds of parents who were in attendance at this school board meeting. I'm repeating, I've said this last week because we talk about what's happening today every day on this program. That's why we originate live at nine o'clock in the morning each morning. By the way, let me just pause to say thank you for your support. We are fully supported by the people who listen to this program and agree with what we're trying to do with these minutes on the air each morning, each weekday morning, this radio program. I want to thank you for your support. I wouldn't be here without it, and we need it every month to meet our budget. Our budget comes every month, as you know. So thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. So anyway, that was what this was about this weekend, yesterday, in Washington, D.C., in front of the Justice Department. This father of this 13-year-old girl, she was raped. I mean, brutally. The charges are—I are, didn't even read the charges on the air, but I mean, they were horrible. So minutes before canceling the meeting, the board meeting, where these hundreds, several hundred parents were there. I mean, I mean they're upset. They're—they're they're not just mad at the people. They're—they're they're concerned. I mean, their children are being abused in the bathroom, and on and on. Huge, big a school district just across the Potomac from Washington, D.C. and Virginia. But minutes before canceling the meeting, removing the parents from the room, the school administrators said, look, I know some of you are concerned about our, our transgender policies here, but they said, and this is a quote, they said, public concerns about transgender bathrooms are misplaced. And they claimed there was no record. They said there is no record of any assault occurring in the district's bathrooms. In the crowd that they were speaking to was a father whose 13 year old girl had been raped brutally by this kid who said, Oh, I'll be a girl today. So he puts on a skirt. He goes to the girl's bathroom and rapes this girl in there. The father is out there trying to tell the school board, but they shut down the meeting because they feel threatened by these parents. And, the attorney general of the United States is saying, I will, I will refer this to the FBI and the FBI will look into these, treating it as though the parents are domestic terrorists. And that word was used. Barna said recently that movies, television, music, and other types of media have a larger impact on a child's worldview even than public education does today. He told a gathering of Christian parents in Leesburg, Virginia, that children and teenagers today are constantly bombarded with a non-biblical or unbiblical messages from the media. That's why I mentioned Superman. He's in the news, but that's why I mention it. Every part of it, it doesn't matter whether it's Superman or whether it's Superwoman or whether it's, I don't know, Woody Woodpecker. Every character that has any influence through the entertainment on any children is being used now to not entertain kids, but to push an agenda. They are all in there as committed to this agenda as any Muslim terrorist I've ever seen or read about. That's how deeply committed to this they are. They're willing to put their companies on the line. They're willing to put themselves on the line to push this unrighteous, ungodly, anti-God agenda that is in the classroom already, and it's now in the media as well. And you knew that, but we need to say it out loud. Barna says the media shaping of a person's worldview continues throughout the teen and adult years. He's head of the Arizona Christian University Cultural Research Center. He says studies show that only 6% of Americans hold to a biblical worldview. 6% in a country founded on Christian principles. Most Americans, he says, 88% hold a syncretic worldview. That combines elements from multiple diff- different belief systems. That's so true. I saw that as a youth pastor for years. Kids would have all kinds of beliefs. They'd say, well, I believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God for me. But I have a friend who's a Muslim, and they don't believe that, but they serve the same God. All of, Many parts of that is just not true. Muslims don't serve the same God. Jesus is the only way to God. and, and You see what I'm, they co- we collect different ideas that we have and we kind of put it together and say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Nancy Pelosi is an outstanding example of that. She claims repeatedly, and I would only mention her because she's always talking about her deep faith. And yet she is a banner carrier for abortion. Well, her deep faith in God ends at abortion because God does not honor murder. You see what I'm saying? So that's what Barna is talking about here. And he says the studies show that only 6% of Americans hold a biblical worldview, while many claim to. And most Americans, 88%, as I said, hold kind of a, a multiple worldview where they include a number of other belief systems. But the typical American, Barna says, and he said this just last week, Thursday, I think it was, he said they will die possessing the same worldview they had at the age of 13. He says, tragically, only 7% of parents of children under the age of 18 have a biblical worldview. Barna also has said that only 19% of all Christians truly possess a biblical worldview. So the rest of us who do have a biblical worldview have to come alongside these children in some way. We've got to look for opportunities to help shape their worldview. Marjorie and I made a decision when we started having children many years ago. I, I, I we're, you know, I, I, I don't want to tell you how many years. Anyway, we have three children. We made the decision when she was pregnant with our first child. I mean, this was. I'm just saying, this is us. And I was college, going to in, into the ministry, studying for the ministry. We decided that no one was better prepared and better qualified to raise our children than she was. We, no, we didn't know a lot about a lot of things when we got married, but we were on a learning curve. But we made that decision, and we decided to, whatever it took, and it took me working late through the night and up early in the morning in the classroom, but and it took her taking care of the kids, but we determined that we were going to try to raise our kids. And I don't say that with any amount of pride but I will tell you they serve the Lord today and they're married to people who serve the Lord and their children have grown up or are growing up, the younger ones to serve the Lord and I am eternally grateful for that and I am I cannot tell you how deeply how deeply I feel about what I'm talking about right now the American entertainment industry's value is about 720 billion dollars They're the real Superman in the room, empowered by what John referred to in his gospel as the spirit of Antichrist. He said, the spirit of Antichrist is already among us. President Biden is no Superman, but he and his administration do reflect the new mission of this comic comic character, build back better. Forget the old ways, forget the old paths that Jeremiah talked about. In 2011, the comic book industry went down the, the tubes. I mean, it was They took a dive. If you look at the reasons why, they put out a false title that said, Death of Superman, and everybody bought it because they thought Superman was going to die, and they tricked their readers. The readers became angry and stopped buying. That's why they lost money for years. Now they are trying to build back their image better with a bisexual Superman and a globalist view. And that's pretty much the profile of where we are today in 2021. Remember that Paul wrote, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Those are the days in which we live today. But don't forget, there's hope we can be informed, we can know what's going on, and God's will is that we do know what's going on and be informed. But it is not his will that we struggle with anxieties and fears and and fretting about what are we going to do, what's going to happen to our world. I don't know. But ultimately, the end. All things are in God's hands. I'll see you right here tomorrow.